0: There's a lot of talk these days about women wanting men who are sensitive, right, chap? We've talked about this quite a bit. But then they meet a man who's a little too excited to share all his feelings with her, and she's basically vomiting in her own mouth. Not exactly the hot, sexy dynamic she was looking for. Let's take another example into consideration. I've sometimes heard women say, I don't care if a man has money since... She can you know, make her own money. Fast forward to two years later, she's burnt out and full of resentment for him not pulling his weight and her having no ability to relax into her feminine nature, even momentarily. This is also not a very juicy or sexy dynamic. So what's the truth then about what women really want? And why can't they just be straight about it? So let's go back to that first example, the sensitive man. What she really wants, right, is a man who doesn't crumble when things get hard. Instead, he communicates honestly about his experience and makes time to work through his own emotionality, hopefully with the help of a guide, until he can work through it on his own, right? Wifey doesn't want to watch you fall apart daily. It's destabilizing, if we're being honest. It's okay to lean on our partners. That's to be said for sure. But when they become our only source of venting and doing our emotional work, it sucks the sex right out of the relationship. To be clear, she wants you to be able to feel and express your feelings fully without the shame of doing so, but she doesn't want to be your therapist. So find other outlets for doing all that and don't overwhelm her. All right, the second example is going to be where we spend a little more time today. And, you know, it's this idea of, I don't need my man to make good money. This is something that resonates with me because I ran that script for a very long time in my life. This is kind of a two-part consideration I want to bring up today. The sneaky little idea often comes from both a culturally curated unhealthy belief that as women, we cannot have needs. We must not have needs. We've got to be hyper-independent and be completely self-sufficient. This is kind of the more new Agey idea, right? And we've got to have it all taken, taken, uh, all figured out, all taken care of in all facets of our lives too. And this, by the way, is an extreme, like on the extreme end, uh, reaction to the fear of becoming dependent, trapped, victimized by a man, which, okay, yes, we see why that is an important consideration. And the other thing to consider here is And by the way, it's speaking like I said, speaking from my own personal experience with this, is that there's often a power play at hand when it comes to who's making the money in relationship. So, when you're the one who's making the money, as I was in a lot of my former relationships, I had this belief that I'm the one who has you know, more of the power in that dynamic. I'm not going to get left or abandoned. That's really the truth of what was important for me at the time. And I think a lot of women are also running this script subconsciously. What she probably really wants, but maybe isn't ready to admit to herself yet, as was I, is that she wants someone to, to meet her halfway, at least. Someone who she can lean on in partnership to have a healthy and reasonable, uh, you know, ability to lean on when she, when she needs help in whatever way. And women want to be able to step back from that leadership role that we put ourselves in, <laughs> put ourselves in. It's important we take responsibility from this, for this. Um, we want to be able to step back from that from time to time and be able to be led once in a while, I know, I know, it's scary. The feminists are screaming. It's a, it's a big deal for me to say something like that. <sighs> it's criminal. Um, women want to know. And I'm just saying this from my own personal experience, but from the collective of the women in my sphere who I've talked about this with, they want to know that you can drive the ship too. <laughs> we um, we don't want to open our bodies and our wombs to someone who can't pull at least as much weight as we do. So. I hope that all makes sense. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the financial end of this spectrum. And That's what I really want to dig in deep today with you, Chap. And hopefully you can give us some insights on how we can start getting more focused on our ability to bring in an income, to pull our weight, and to step up into the men, the people that we want to become, through also reminding ourselves that poverty is not spiritual. So, yeah. Hey, boy, that's a good one. Yeah. I think about that. yeah. A lot of people think that they have to, you know, forget about money and not care about the money part of it, the finance part of it, because if you do, then you're just a bad person somehow. You're greedy or you're a gold digger or something like this. Yeah. And uh, that's sad. We're relating spirituality and and, and uh, poverty, which I don't, that's a whole other, you know, maybe a whole nother show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but where can we kick off with maybe just the basic mindset of what we need to be reframing if we're someone who hasn't put finances as a priority for us to um, consider yeah, I mean, our well-being?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, every your intro, I'm drinking all that because I agree 100% with w- what you said, and I, and, and, and I do. And, you know, you'll hear me and Mercedes banter here, but I, that 100% I agree with, you know, and I'll tell you if I don't, but... Um, First of all, who we're not talking about, who we're not talking about, what mm-hmm. I'm about to say, who we're not talking about is, let's say, the guy, the guy in a marriage who, you know, the 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 his wife somehow, you know, her career started skyrocketing and they've got a couple kids and he needs to stay home. That's great. I mean, that that's totally wonderful. That's not who we're talking about. He is pulling his own weight. He's taking care of the kids. He's getting ready for school. He's doing the math homework, whatever. That's not who we're talking about. Yeah. That's not because you're married and you guys figured it out. And that's perfect. That's not what we're talking about. What we're, what we're talking about is and and like Mercedes I've got a lot of female friends and they've they've all the, the reoccurring theme is they don't none of them say I want to find a rich man none of them have said that I want to find a man who drives a Bentley none of them have said that they always say I just want a guy who has a stable job or I just want a guy who's financially stable mm-hmm. now when we talk about money that's not what financially stable what we're really talking about. We're not talking about money in terms of cash or crypto or stocks, what your portfolio looks like, how much money's in your bank account so that you can buy X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z and take all these lavish trips. That's not what we're talking about when it comes to money. What we're talking about is you have to think of money as your, uh, your fortress and how stable your castle is to an onslaught of from whatever hordes. Mm. So because at one point, we're all gonna be so old or we're gonna be old enough where A, we, we can't work or B, we don't wanna work or C, we just wanna go off and do different things. And if we haven't built up enough of that that cash, uh, cash, literally cachet of, of of resources, we can't go out and do that. So when we say money and finances, we're not talking about make more money so you can buy that whatever you wanted and you can buy her those things because she loves money. That's, right. not, or that's not what these women, and I don't think that's what you're referring to either. Right. What we're talking about is the stability that you bring through 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 economic means, right? Okay. And not
0: just for her, of course, for, yeah, yourself, for yourself first, first because first, that's right. what confidence looks like: is a stable nervous system. So if you're all, True. if y'all junked up on on nerves because you're not sure, you know, you're living from scarcity, it's not sexy.
1: No, 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 I, I agree, and and it does. It's very confident, destroying confidence, destroying. And and I know a lot of guys that are in that situation, um, but I, I think for most of the guys watching this, and we're talking to guys here, but for most of the guys watching this, I would say you're probably just, it's, it's almost like finance is a four-letter word, or finance is just something that I'll worry about, my 401k is taking care of that, or I'll have a retirement, I'll have a pension, that's what social security is social for, it's not, but that's because it won't be there, hopefully, you know, unfortunately, but that's not what, you have to take the ball and the matter into your own hands, and first of all, it, the, the most important thing you can do if you're watching is get a financial planner and then we can be done with the episode, but that's not what we're, that was a little bit much fun. So this is not financial advice, but this is, this is just more like, please start thinking about it. And that's a lot of what we do here in this show. We just think about it. And well, there's a couple of things with, with this economic thoughts and please interrupt and, you know, cause I do it to you. So definitely interrupt. Um, That is, like, there's a couple things that you just need to think about. And one of those things is these things called interest rates, okay? All that is is somebody's giving you money to buy something or do something you want, but in order for them to take the risk to do that for you, because they don't really care what you're doing, you need to give them something to take that risk. So you go to a bank because you need a car, because you need to get to work, fine. Um, and you get an interest rate and depending on your risks level, you might be more risky, might be less risky. You will have a higher, lower interest rate, uh, or sometimes they're the same, but a higher, lower interest rate, right? So it's something as simple as like, you want a car and they give you a 5% interest rate. Okay. I don't know whatever it is right now. Um, all that is, is the bank or the car dealership, but it's the bank and and, in the end, uh, dark recesses of corporate America, it's a bank. Okay. And they're giving you that money, but there, but there's a risk component for the bank to do the business of loaning you money. So the bank needs to make something, otherwise there'd be nobody lending anybody money, okay? So that's an interest rate. So every time you pay your payment, assuming you're not paying cash for stuff, and are there people out there that do that? Yes, and do those people necessarily have to have a lot of money? No, it's called saving. But those people that that go out and buy, like all of us, they go buy a car, you buy a house, you have an interest rate, You're giving somebody free money. Well, it's not free, but you're giving away some of your money and you're not getting really anything in return for that. So when you have a car loan and there's a 6% interest rate, you're just giving away 6%. Okay, you're not getting anything out of that. Okay, so it, it, with a car, it's a little more of a necessi- little more of a necessity. But when you go shopping, and there's a big thing now is buy, buy now, pay later. Now those were around when I was a kid, but buy now, pay later, and you see them a lot of checkout. Do you want to you want to spread this out over four monthly payments, whatever? It, the problem with that, it's so capitalistic. But the problem with that is you're paying fees on it that you never get back, and you're paying interest that you don't get back. So yeah, you're getting the the, the product ahead of time and you get to enjoy it and you have fun with it but that product is depreciating most 99% of the time it's going to depreciate so it's not going to be worth the second you leave the store or the second you drive off the car dealership it's not going to be worth typically it's not going to be worth what you paid for it then add in the fact that you're now paying an interest rate on a depreciating asset. So you go, the classic thing is somebody wants a really high-end, nice car, and they've been saving up for whatever car that is, you know, and they go out and they drop all this money on a car, a depreciating asset. Now, we're in a weird area right now due to post-COVID, but generally speaking, inflation, generally speaking, you're buying a depreciating asset, okay? And what happens is you're making interest payments on a depreciating asset. So you're paying twice. You're paying on a thing because it's now not worth what you bought it for, So you overpaid no matter what, and you're paying somebody else so that you can get to use it before you've paid it off. Back in South Carolina, the joke was, you don't really own your house, even though you have a mortgage, you're renting it from the bank. So you're giving somebody else a lot of money just so you can have some lifestyle. Okay, so that's something you really need to think about. Okay, now the other thing that will get you into trouble is FOMO, fear of missing out. Well, you know, I see it on you know social media. Somebody's off jetting here, jetting there, doing this, doing that. We all know that's like a scrapbook of the best moments of their life. If you try to keep up with those people, that's called FOMO, and that's a good way to burn a lot of money. You don't know how they were able to afford that. You don't know if they're in debt or maybe they're born to money or they won the lottery. That's none of you. You don't know any of that. So just operating under your own set of operating instructions and not worrying. worrying about the FOMO part. That's fear of missing out, obviously. And then the other one's YOLO. And that's been a big one. Like you only live once. You do, maybe, I don't know, but you do. But you still got to live to an age Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be able to make the income you're making now when you're retired, okay? So it's not, so you're going to have to, you're going to outlive your income Mm -hmm. stream. You got, if it's very scary, you're going to outlive your income stream, okay? Then the other other one um, is like, You can't take it with you. -hmm. Oh, you can't can't take it with you. It's kind of the same concept. It's kind of the same Mm -hmm. concept. And and you hear that a lot with older people that will go out and and they're like, I want to buy that yacht I always wanted or I'm going to take that big vacation Mm -hmm. or go on that big cruise. Can't take it with you. That's true, but you don't know how long you're going to live. You have no idea. And do you really want to like... It's hard for me to understand this because I want to leave something to my child. Mm -hmm. I just do, okay? And uh, when I'm dead, do I know what he's doing? No, but I just want to leave something to someone because I'm not just working for me. I'm working for someone else. So when you're the guy in the situation and... You, and the other thing too, sorry. And the other thing too is when you're building up some of these financial uh, uh, fortress walls, and I'm not saying walls against other people. I'm just saying you're, you're building your castle up. Wouldn't it, it to me, there's you. It, it's maybe you might say this in a different way, or you might think differently. But to me, I would rather live in a you know modest place, have a car maybe, but not have to report to some a-hole boss or have to navigate corporate America or have to deal with any of that. At a certain age, I just want to chill out and do my thing. And if I haven't built up enough financial resource, I can never do that Mm -hmm. versus somebody that's like, oh no, I just, you know, got uh, a big bonus. I'm not going to save it because I want that car. And I've always wanted the car. I'm going to buy the car. And it's like, that's fine, go you. But the thing is, you're robbing from your future self because at one point when you're, all your buddies at 62 or whatever age are starting to retire and you're still there grinding and out because you're too busy buying nice stuff or taking these lavish vacations, to me, it's really about you and, if and your time is very valuable and you're stealing from your time if you have to work longer because you're too busy blowing through that money when you were younger. So those are kind of some initial things I just want to throw out there and we can get deeper into like, well, how do I start? You know, how do I start? Well, to start call financial, call a financial planner. Don't don't start day trading yourself. Don't do any of that stuff. Just call a financial planner and then, you know, some cost more than others and shop around. Okay. But just you just got to start saving and you got to put it somewhere that the money will work so for you.
0: How much does a financial planner cost?
1: It's usually, a, it, well, there's certain ones. There's flat fee, but there's also, most of them are a percentage of what they're making or they're holding. So if you don't have that much money, there are, there are fine, and usually your company usually has somebody that manages a 401k and you can go to them and say, yeah. look, I want to put a little more in. I want to do a Roth. I want to do something else, an IRA. I want to do something else. I want you to take it out of my paycheck beforehand. And they're already getting paid most of the time. So you're really not going to have to worry about it. The
0: real answer is- And they're going to be the person who informs you of what all these options job. are. Yeah, they're, they're robbed, like your doctor. I mean. They're
1: like your lawyer. Yeah, their their expertise is finances, is making you and building you wealth. That's their job.
0: Right. And so I think a lot of people go to that and think it's going to be intimidating to go be the person who doesn't know anything is going to no, ask no, stupid do, questions. No, no, that's their
1: job. It's kind of like the lawyers I know, if you have a client who whatever realm they come from, if they come to you and they're like, hey, look, I don't know how the law works- That's why you're hiring you. That's why you're hiring the lawyer. If you knew how the whole thing worked, you wouldn't have have a problem. Mm -hmm. So it's like you don't know how the financial world operates because nobody really does. By the way, it's super complicated. It's this machine that... It's an organic a lot of variables. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like nobody's figured it out because if that person's figured it out, they would be a trillionaire.
0: It's like social media. We can relate yeah, to nobody that. And nobody figures that's it, out. How people yeah, are
1: finding it out. So, you know, you, you can watch the networks and you can watch the experts and they can talk all they want and all that. And that's great because you get some intelligence and some knowledge out of it. But you got to have somebody pulling for you and you got to go find this individual. And the, th- the thing is, in my experience, and this isn't for everybody, but in my experience, the fee is low enough to I don't even know what the fee is because it's so insignificant based on what the what the the real benefit is. Mm-hmm. Now of course you have to shop this around, but that's my disclaimer as usual. But but I I you I don't wouldn't worry about that assuming you had the discussion and you understand what it is.
0: So what is the lowest you can get? Let's just say you have $5,000 and fine. you want to do something that's with fine. it. Do yeah, so you want to totally start
1: fine. your your Yeah, with that I think the easiest way to do it is you can open up some accounts with like these 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 uh, um, Non like contingent or non percentage based. It's like five dollars a trade or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and you can just go in and buy an index. You know, there's these things called spiders or ETFs. E- ETF stands for exchange Exchange Traded Fund. So let's say you just your dad made all his money in home construction. Okay, there are ETFs that buy that hold hold that hold companies as their holdings that are construction based. Some are oil and gas. You know, some are finances. Things like the medical, whatever. So you can do that, right? Or you can just go and just do a, uh, basically like a, I forgot what you call it, but it basically matches like the S&P 500, okay? Or it just matches like, some of them are called like the Fox 50 or whatever. And it's like somebody went out there or a big group of people went out there and found like a very stable, you know, stable, relative stable um, a value portfolio that just matches the typical swings of the market. And that's fine too. So you don't have to like go in and hyper understand this stuff. I have a plenty of friends that do that. They're just as likely to screw themselves as the people that are like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I have somebody who does and they're gonna deal with it. I think you can, or go to the person at your office, who de- go to HR and find out, hey, who deals with our 401k? Are they, those people, will those people talk to us about our individual? plans? Usually the answer is yes. I know at my company, it's always yes. So go there first. I know at government organizations, a lot of them now have 401ks or investment plans and you can go and there are somebody who is assigned or a group of people to deal with that too. Go find out who that is. That's I think the easiest place to start. But if you are just an entrepreneur and you just got money or you have money coming in sometimes and not money and you just have no idea, you know, start, look, out. at you know, there are these names that you recognize and I'm not advocating for any of these names, but there's names you would recognize, you know, start maybe with your bank. If you have a really good relationship with your bank, go into the branch and say, Hey, who is your, who do you guys recommend for finance? Who, who is your go-to person for this financial advice? And they're, and it's, they're going to have somebody that can immediately give you a call. And that's maybe a great place to start as well, because you have to start. Mm-hmm. I have friends that I know that are making significant, in my opinion, money. Okay. And they're, and they're, and they're spending it and they're having great times and they're doing things, and they're living their life and they're having a blast. And I ask them, you know, well, well how do you, who, who's your broker? Or how do you, how do you make, because what I'm asking you is how do you make money when you're sleeping? Okay. Because if you have investments, those investments are making money while you sleep. Okay. And I'm not talking about flipping homes. I'm talking about investing in the markets, right? They're making you money while you sleep. All right. And so who, who's your, who do do you use somebody for that? Who do you like? Oh, I don't, what are you talking about? I just make money and I'm killing it. And okay. What happens when you don't, right? Cause you're not going to one day. You're not going to be able to sell the business and make billions of dollars. It's likely not going to happen. And that inheritance that you think you're going to get, most of the time, either the government eats up a lot of it in taxes or you don't get it because the parents decided you can't take it with you. So don't rely on those things either. I have friends that that think, oh, well, my dad's making some money. And I ask them, what's your dad making? You know, what, what are you talking about? And they give you a dollar amount. And I'm like, well, you're making more than that in cash flow and what that money would generate if it was sitting in a in a bank. Like, you've got actually more cash flow than they do.
0: Yeah, and I think the person we're talking to maybe with this before and before their ability to download any of what you just said, I think is really about figuring out why they have been averse to looking into this direction in their probably their whole life up until, and that's why and that's why them. we
1: have such a good relationship is because you'll break it down and go to the psychology of what is your what is really happening here. Well,
0: the problem is that if we don't if we don't think about why we have not made this an important part of our life, then we won't make it an important part of our life. We have to break the habit of being ourselves. You know, every time we go in and decide to change something and make a lifestyle adjustment, as simple as. Getting a financial advisor that you now need to check in with and to get advice from, or you know, as simple as learning little by little how to use the stock market, you know, and whatever way you decide to enter that world of thinking about your finances more, um, I think we have to figure out what we've been identified with all along that's kept us from making that important. And like we kind of started this little segment of the show, with the idea that uh, poverty is not spiritual, because for a lot of people we've identified the idea—you know—we've identified with this idea. It's part of our identity to believe that we shouldn't be so focused on money because it's like it's icky and it's, it's just dirty. dirty. Yeah, it's greedy, right. and if you get too focused on money or power, then you're you're going to be a sick person, and you're going to turn into some crazy, you know, power hungry. A villain of some right. sort. We look at like the Mother Teresa's or who you know people who are living from very essentialist ways and who are sacrificing everything and suffering for others. As um, of course spiritual, we call them saints, and we understand that that road. So then we kind of correlate this in our minds and make it mean something to our identities. Like, well, I want to be looked at as a good person, and I want to be seen as someone who doesn't care about surface-level trivial things. But the reality is that if you don't get some sort of uh, real attraction to money, then why would money be attracted to you? Well, that, <laughs> right? yeah, absolutely. Like Just thinking on an energetic level, and I, I've spoken about this before with my audience, but the idea of money being what we call currency, because Money has an energy as well, and we want to open the doors to that current. We want to allow that current to flow to and through us. We don't want to hold on to it forever. That's a, another issue when people are just holding their money and holding their money, and it becomes another icky thing, right? We want money to come to us and flow through us. This is kind of the nature of abundance, and uh, that largely comes from really getting in and figuring out how to move from that scarcity mindset that's very related to the victim mindset into a more expansive growth mindset, abundance mindset. Those words are all really synonymous in that world. So just just to put that reframing in mind and start thinking about why, what are the origins? What's your family story? What was money?
1: I g- agreed with you a hundred percent, but I want to talk about the, the, the real quick before we jump off of it, the po- the the person that's the spiritual person that thinks that poverty, whatever, fine. Okay. Who's going to pay for your life? Right. Who's paying for your life? The taxpayers? Well, good on you. So we're all paying for you to do your whatever little spiritual path you're doing. We might not even agree with it. But then the other thing is, is, how about let's flip it a little bit. How noble would this be or whatever the word we want to use is if you actually made a little bit of money and before you died, you let, cause you can do this by the way, you can leave it all to the spiritual pursuit that you were pursuing your whole life. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be cool too? Yeah, so, and it doesn't have to be
0: literally spiritual, but you understand. What, the yeah, meaning. of course. Of yeah, course. it could be to the yeah, it is. charity or whatever you want to support with your. And, and as far as the family energy. upbringing
1: goes, and you know, we talk a lot about that. Um, you know, it the family upbringing is actually in my case a, a positive uh, contrary to some other people that are highly intelligent and successful that weren't, I was brought up in a family that was understood or was in the banking and, and, and investment world. Okay. So it was very natural for me. Okay. So I grew up in that. It's not how much money you get or whatever. I was just grown up with that knowledge. Okay. It was just kind of osmosis and a lot of people grow up in families that were construction oriented or engineering oriented. And I have a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, who, grew, and he made this comment to me, and really, I really, not really think about it. He grew up in an engineering family. He, his undergrad was in engineering, I believe his brother's an engineer, his dad's an engineer, his mom was like an architect or something. And he, we were walking one day and I brought up something and I said something about like the S&P. I said something like, did you see what, you know, see what rates were doing? And he's like, what are you talking about? Because I don't speak sports. I don't talk sports, by the way. I don't, I don't have a sport. My sport is the economy. And so I said something like, did you see rates? Because he's a smart guy. And he goes, yeah, what, I don't know what you're talking about. And, but he dawned on him. He goes, you know, I'm starting to see why it's it's It could be as simple as the family you grow up in and the priorities and understandings of that family, whereas his, everybody was an
0: engineering genius,
1: right. whereas mine, it was more financial.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's definitely a systematic issue. You know, it's systemic. It where- could be a
1: gift is what I'm saying. It's not necessarily because your mom was mean, your dad did it and they you with noodles and stuff like that. It could also be as simple as, you got a lot of good intel from your parents and use it.
0: Right. And that's the foundation that hopefully you, if you didn't get that, you will build in your lifetime to pass down to whoever you have influence on. And that's what the hope would be with this episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is to start turning in that direction, opening the flow of currency, bring it towards you by focusing on it and being attracted to it. I think one thing, one thing that's really important, <clears throat> excuse me, is to start figuring out how you can fall in love with money. I think a lot of people are afraid to fall in love with money because again, they believe that it's going to make them somehow a bad person or it's gonna just overtake them. Like it's this external force that's just going to they can't they can't even fight it. You know And you're not
1: talking about we don't have gold coins we're throwing them in the air. I love money. That's not what we're talking about at all.
0: No, I'm right. talking about doing what you want to do with your life. That's it. It's you know, Living freedom. on purpose. Yeah. That can only come through living with some discipline about where you spend your energy. And so spending your energy in something that makes your ability to move in the direction you want, to move on purpose through your life, a conscious decision, uh, a sustainable decision (laughs) through making sure you can finance it is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being able, you know, just, Putting that on the plate instead of just tucking look- that down and showing up for a job yeah, you hate. Yeah, good point. Yeah, don't
1: just throw it back in the dark recesses of your world. Yeah. I mean, and and it's also uh, it's freedom. It's giving you the ability to do what you want because at one point in your life you're going to get tired of working for somebody else, right. And you're going to want to do your own thing. And
0: now that, you have something to fall back on or yes, to start yeah. a new new direction with. Anyway, right?
1: And 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 that's it. And and as far as the woman in the relationship goes, back to, circling back to that. If you know a guy, I'm, you know, I'm assuming I know the answer, but I'm gonna ask anyway. If you know a guy, okay, in this situation, it's like, you know, I, I'm meeting with my broker this week. It's almost the same to you, I guess, as, oh, I gotta go see my therapist. I got some things I'm working through and, you know, no big deal. It's kind of a, it's kind of a brave thing that like, and there's no taboo with I'm working with my
0: financial guy. Well, and I think that's a good point you bring up because, and we can kind of relate it to so much of what we do on the show, which is try to teach people this show, we you know the original way we entered the show anyway. Uh, I know we're taking it in a, in a little bit of different direction today, but the way we entered the show was about teaching or helping people understand the ways that we've created our own philosophies, and that the way you can cre- the the fact that you can create your own philosophy, and um, instead of allowing someone else to dictate how you do your life or putting your power externally. So so much about so much of what we have moved through this show through the platform of this show is understanding how we can step into our power or reclaim our power or just basically getting the the idea in our head that it is our personal right to be able to act in the world in a way that is. Um, Not giving our power away, and I think this and and you know you can go to a therapist, which we we recommend a lot, but you can also learn to help yourself and figure your own shit out. Your you know by self inquiry and all the things that we talk about on this show, and this financial piece is just another way that you can empower yourself. And yes, going to financial advisor is very much like going to a therapist for your money, for your money, for your issue of blocking. Yeah, why money isn't flowing to you, maybe. so yes, it is very much the same exact concept of as much as you can go look for a professional for that, your whole point of going to a professional is so that you can learn also how to do that for yourself. Because you want to make sure that's an internal job first, right? that you are creating a life that allows the things you want to move towards you. And you're not blocking them anymore. You're not creating obstacles anymore. And the old patterns that you need to uh sift out and remove are not keeping you from what you really want. So finance is a huge part of being able to make that happen. Um, And I think, is that, is that? I mean, I can go on for weeks, so I won't, but. (laughs) All right, y'all. So per usual, we hope you received a lot of value from this one. And we hope you start seeing a lot of value in your bank account soon by focusing on your finances and thinking about what women do really want, even if they're afraid to say it because of the cultural upbringing that they may have had or you know the influences they may have had. As usual, please, subscribe, connect, click through the links below, share this with someone who might need to also hear it, and um, we're reminding you, you already are.